Hi, I'm Chud X. And I'm Lanny. And this is the world as it is today. Hey, we're back for another week of the world as it is today. Yep. And we are done with processing chickens. Yep, we're 21 chickens lighter than we were before. And our freezer is full. Of 20 chickens. Yeah. So One of them we did not keep. There's a story there, and we'll probably tell it, but today we're going to talk about something else. And It's kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean, know what I mean kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, well, our, our local town here has been in the, the national news, and... Yeah, I heard, I heard Tucker even talked about us. My hero, Tucker. That homeless guy downtown that tucks his penis? Yeah, Private Tucker. <laughs> uh, no, you, I think you mean Carl's son, don't you? Tucker, Carl's son? Yep. Yeah. So that's how national we're talking, like regular-ass news. Uh, our tiny, tiny town. It's not very tiny. It's a, a medium-sized college town. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to be honest, if we're going to be talking about this, I should just say up front that I have not heard any of these national news stories. Uh, I haven't even heard Tucker. I, the most I've heard is a friend of mine who watches Tucker said, Hey, guess what? We were in the, we were on, on Tucker last night and just briefly mentioned. And then my memory of that was basically that there's a bunch of pedophiles in Bellingham. So there's probably a wide range of truth in there and uh, I want to explore it just a little bit. And also I'm not, I haven't watched the mainstream. um, I've read a couple headlines, but I haven't watched any of the mainstream news either. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did read websites and put some thought into it. So that's kind of where I want to start. Um, Before that, just reminding everybody, we have a new website, greenerpostures.com. Check that out. And I've got a workshop coming up this coming Sunday. That's the 24th at 2 p.m. And that's fermented condiments. So hopefully you jump on there and sign up before it's too late. So um, there is a little shop in town that I was not aware of existed until this news. And that's because I don't I'm not a customer of downtown businesses since 2020 right. and, and really before that, since, since I stopped drinking, I stopped partying and stopped hanging out with those friends. Mm-hmm. Um, our town mm-hmm. is very liberal, progressive. Um, it's very queer friendly. It's very all inclusive. It's, it's very um, college town. I think a good way to sum it up is to say that just about every business has a Black Lives Matter sign. Mm-hmm. And there are maybe four black people that live in this yes, town. Yes, of- that's a great way to sum it up. Yeah. And all of them moved here to go to co- this college. <laughs> yep. So um, we, yeah, we are very white and we are very, and we're, the town itself has a lot of well-to-do people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, there's not a lot of work with your hand industry left in the town. We used to have the paper mill and stuff. We used to have in Talco and those things are gone. We, we have a harbor, but it's just, it's not a big industrial harbor like it used to be. No. So a lot of um, doctors and lawyers and there's like the, you know, when I, when we say hippies, we're talking about these rich people that are into like natural living. We've got a Whole Foods. We've got, we've got the co-op mm-hmm. and, and it's a big college. Western Washington University is here. It's, it's a big big college. So, um, we've also got a community college and a tech school and it's just got, we've got that like youthful go out to the bars. There's a night night nightlife downtown. Mm -hmm. 
all of that. And lots of people with a wide rainbow of genders and <laughs> colors of hair. And um, it's just increased since I was young, right? Yeah. There's always been that in the background, burning there from, you know, like the Fairhaven College is here too. That's part of Western. But it's uh, it's the very, very, anyone who goes to Fairhaven is a hippie. If you go to Evergreen, which is in Olympia, Washington, it's very similar to Fairhaven College. Yeah, Fairhaven's just kind of like a more extremely far out version of it. Yeah, that. where you can like make up your own major and it could be like something no one's ever heard of, like screen printing. Yep. <laughs> screen uh, printing. You, you, you listeners, you would be amazed at how many people I've met who majored in screen printing. It's retarded. So you could just do that and make money, or you could pay thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars I, I, I can't to go to school and get a certificate that says you do something that you could have just done. So that's just to give you a little picture of our very liberal progressive town in the Pacific Northwest. Now we made the national news because there is a sex shop in downtown Bellingham that is also offering um, sex education classes mm -hmm. uh, for children from 9 to 12. And then they also have a 13 to 17 class mm -hmm. as well. Um, the name of the shop is Wink Wink. It's uh, it's little uh, tagline under that. It says, come one, come all. Um, the front page of their website says, women owned, inclusive, all ages, not creepy sex shop. Yeah, we're, lo we're looking at that web page right now on the computer. And uh, it's, it's interesting because it says, it says that. It's right there in big, bold letters, right? Right as you look at it. Inclusive, all ages, right? Well, let's scroll down one page. Well, just, not even a whole page, just a little tiny bit. Yeah, so this next section just below where it says that it's all ages, not creepy, and uh, is a, a shop for vibrators. So the next thing you see there is... Is the Womanizer Liberty. <laughs> so that doesn't I, seem I, like a very... I don't need to describe what the Womanizer Liberty looks like to you to know that it's not something that we're showing children. No, it's not for kids. And then below that is where you can shop for lingerie. And just to give a picture of this... Um, this, the brilliance of this place. They're all inclusive. So the models for their lingerie are an elderly woman with fun colors of hair. And and it's like blue a, and red. And, yeah. yeah. And then a person of color that's also an amputee. So they are covering multiple bases because they only have one leg uh, from the hip down. So she, She's also obese too. And oh, I just, yeah, I yeah. Just, she's obese. I also want to point out that aside from the womanizer liberty, also right there at the top is... Uh, we're off of where it was, but it was the octopus something. Oh, is the name of this dildo, this vibrator that's uh, right there. Hot, the hot octopus. Hot octopus curved G spot vibrator. That's cool. the full name of the thing. That's a long name. And uh, that is right under where it says all ages, not creepy. Not creepy and for kids, all ages. Yeah, it doesn't say for kids. It says all ages. Yeah, they, they then, save themselves that. And they then didn't... they have toys. So they have BDSM. They have anal toys, dildos, lubes and liquids, and penis toys. Yeah. How come that looks like that click that link's already been clicked on? 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, because it's my computer. I was, pretend- oh. <laughs> I was pretending you'd already looked at the penis toys. No, I buy oh. my fleshlights in bulk. <laughs> bulk. <laughs> That's funny. I'm I'm prepping for the apocalypse. I mean, I assume they work as a flashlight too, so it's like you know, just it's like like having flashlights on hand, but think twice as it ma- works many as many uses. Flashlight. Okay. Anyway, moving on from making everyone feel uncomfortable, <laughs> um, we are bringing this up because this facility is owned by a woman who is also a board member on of the Bellingham Public School District. Yeah. And so that in and of itself, okay, whatever, right? But also, they host classes. So let's see if we can find classes and events page on their website. They call it the Uncringe Academy. Sex, sex education without most of the awkward. And most of it is in parentheses because I guess some of it's going to be awkward. Yeah, 9 to 12 years old and uh, 13 to 18 years old. They have these two-day, like, boot camps where there's, like, uh, they're, like, three hours, um, two consecutive days, like, on a weekend. And it's called the Uncringe Academy. But before we get started with that up top, it tells you how they still suggest wearing a mask if you'd like to. And they're going to follow <laughs> CDC <laughs> guidelines. So, so So feel better about that. But so, in their words, the Uncringe Academy says there's a lot to learn about when it comes to bodies, puberty, sex, gender, and relationships. That's why Wink Wink created Uncringe Academy, honest, supportive, and inclusive sex education classes to help young people of all genders and sexual identity understand the importance, <laughs> understand this important part of their life, all genders. Taught by Wink Wink owner and sex educator Jen Mason, this is the lady that's also a, a board member of the public school system, uh, the, this class provides sex education that's based on empowerment and information rather than shame, fear, or judgment. So work, workshops are divided by those age groups I already mentioned. And the topics covered says healthy relationships and relationship models, the science of puberty, consent and communication, gender and sexual identities, sexual anatomy for pleasure and reproduction, what is sex, kinds of solo sex and partnered sexual activities, safer sex practices for all kinds of sexual activities, the ethics and realities of sexualized media and pornography. We use an accepting, informing, and affirming framework. Our focus is helping young people to feel comfortable around these topics so that they can advocate for their own bodies and health and well-being. So they've got um, their prices and everything at the bottom. So if you're interested, you can check out their website. <laughs> um, anyway, these are in August. And, and um, to be clear, these aren't your workshops. They're, they're, they're not. Normally I know it's when confusing. We're about we talk about my workshops all the time that I'm not related. Um, so the one that strikes me the most interesting there is, uh, is the last of those bulleted things that they talk about, the ethics and realities of sexualized media and pornography. Um, that stands out to me in this because like my whole problem with this, we'll just say problem, which might be, I I don't know where you're going to go with this, but you know, there's, there's this aspect that's like, um, that I can, I can get and I can hear people saying, and I understand why they're saying it. They're saying your kids are going to learn about sex somewhere at some point in time. And you want to make sure that they learn well. 
And you and me hear that and we think, yeah, that should mean that you're teaching them. That shouldn't be a class that's being taught. But some people think everything should be taught in a classroom. So they should so, so they should be doing it at a place like this. OK, whatever. You're fucking crazy. But that's that's I'm OK with that. But here's the here's the reason that you're saying that is not because you think it's cool that nine year olds are learning about sex amongst their peers. It's because because they are learning about it amongst their peers, they should be taking a class like this. And a class like this, having a bulleted point of ethics and realities of sexualized media and pornography, is why those nine-year-olds are doing this. It becomes a, a vicious cycle. The only reason that. they need this class is because that the media is over-sexualized the, in the first place. And the pornography real, is, is accessible to like anyone. To, to anyone. To nine-year-olds nine can see things that uh, I probably can't fathom right now. Um, but it's uh, it, that is why this class would be necessary. And here's the necessary class teaching about that subject. So I think that children should have access to the information that they need to understand things as questions come up in their life. Sure. And I think the way they get that is from a trusted parent not being judgmental or angry at them for having questions or curiosities can have a conversation with them. And that's really hard for a lot of people I know because it is awkward. It's going to be weird for me when our person is old enough to ask questions, mm -hmm. but because of his gender, it will probably be more in your ballpark. Yeah. And, um, I just think that there are so many people that tell their kids to be quiet and go sit on the computer in the other room. So where are they going to, are they going to ask you or are they going to ask Google? Well, I've already been asked one really awkward question. You have? Yeah. It fits right in right about here. Aww. What is pornography? Right. And it was just because he heard it in a joke on, on, on a, on a more, it was like Futurama. Futurama said, uh, somebody was reading someone else's mind and they said, Whoa, there's a lot of porn in there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he just like immediately asked me what's porn. And I'm like, um, I don't remember how I answered. He asked me. Oh, was it you? The next day. Oh, okay. So I think he, he was covering his bases and seeing what, <laughs> what both of us would say. And I said, well, it's pretty much distasteful pictures of naked people. I, and, and by saying distasteful, I meant it's like gross, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's like, it's not just pictures of naked because there's, there's pictures of naked people that don't make you go, Ooh, gross. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But there can be pictures of naked people and you go, Oh, that's porn. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's different. Yeah. So that's just scratching the surface. But the idea of always having an open dialogue with your kids means as slowly as things start to come up, then you're working through them with them. So it's not just, they know nothing and then they Google and then their life is fucking ruined. Yeah. I'm sure glad he asked me and you that yeah. question. And it wasn't, on a phone on which maybe you don't even need to know how to spell or type, but you just, you just say, say what Lexus, is, can yeah. I, uh, what is pornography? Can I see what pornography is? Oh my God. You know, I mean, you know, just, I hadn't even thought about that. Not needing to type thing. Um, so, cause, cause yeah. I was going to recommend people just don't teach their children how to read or write. And then, you know, uh, you're, you're yeah, buying yourself a few years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, gee, how terrible would that be? I'm pretty sure I didn't give as good an answer as you. I, I think I just said, eh, it's sex stuff. Yeah. And that was like, 
uh, satisfactory in that moment because he knows of the concept of sex and he's not interested. No. So it's just like, oh, sex stuff, whatever. Yeah. So as things come up, we keep that line of dialogue open and that he never gets in trouble for asking something. Oh, yeah. You know, no. so that he's always knows that he can ask yeah. us yeah. and that we can work through things with him. Man, keeping that trust is so, so important. Like if you if, if we if I freaked out, like, we can't watch this anymore. And yeah. you know, like, yeah, now you know. all we watch is Disney. Oh wait. Uh, uh, that's the uh, worst yeah. of it. So here, here's the thing. So we are the type of people, if you've been listening to this podcast, you already know that we don't like to outsource our care for our children. Mm-hmm. We're homeschooling. We don't like to outsource our care for anything if we can. And we, we already have to a lot. So we talked about it in other episodes. The whole point of everything we do is trying to take things back, take responsibility for things back. So the idea of me allowing my kid to go to public school is weird. And then to then let them have sex education in public school is really weird. But then to seek out a third party outside of the public school to do a special sex education course is really, really weird. Mm-hmm. And I've already described what kind of a town we live in, what kind of people we that are in that downtown area. So you can assume by the words that we've already read on this website that these people have a different perception than we do about genders and gender roles and what sex is or should be. Yeah. And to think that I just can't imagine what this class actually is like. When they're going to say the ethics and realities of sexualized media and pornography, are they going to they going to talk all about how it's just fine to have an OnlyFans when you turn eighteen? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they want to make be sex positive, and then are they going to talk all about the spectrum of gender and how you can change it at any time? Because I don't agree with teaching that to children. Mm-hmm. I also don't care if you decide to live your life. Uh, as under a masculine identity when you're feminine or, or female or vice versa. But I definitely think that it's strange to teach it to children. Like it's a normal thing that happens to everyone because it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's, it's really offensive to people to say that something's not normal. Um, but it's not yeah. the normal is you're a guy or you're a girl, you marry a guy or a girl and you put your parts together to make a baby. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of that is abnormal. And that's not, doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not normal. So people can do whatever they want to, but to teach it to children, like they need to know that before they're even have hit puberty is insane to me. Yeah. And this coming, coming from a person who grew up in this town that we're talking about. And there was a place that was called the queer bookstore. I don't remember the name of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, I remember one in the next town over. Yeah, it was, um, it was downtown. It was right underneath where you had a, an apartment next to that drum store over in that area. Oh, in there. Yeah. And the lady that worked there was Dyke that ha- was in a wheelchair and I remember going there because they had cool buttons that were kind of offensive. And I'd go there and look at buttons and stickers like when I was like 14 or 15. And I had a few friends that were sure that I was gay because I was such a tomboy. Mm-hmm. And they would say, let's go to this place. I'm like, ah, meh. you know, I don't want to. I'm not talking about it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd probably be saying, ooh, boys gross, too. So but then I got drugged to a meeting at the commute. I got, they drug me or dragged me. I don't know. Oh man. Now I'm (laughs) (laughs) self-conscious. They took me to a, um, 
meeting at the community college. And this girl that I was with, she was hetero and she was a few years older than me, but she was a real like girl power. Like I want to be a feminist kind of super annoying. Um, and it was called P flag P F L A G P flag stands for parents and friends of lesbian and gays. Okay. And I can't imagine that it's still called P flag. Cause there's gotta be like 12 different letters after that. <laughs> you couldn't pronounce it. Um, but it was like a group of people that got together to talk about like how it could be hard or you could, you know, ostracized because you were a homosexual. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because there was probably like 10 or 15 people there. And I don't think any of them were actually gay. I think, I think there were like two people that were queer and the rest of them were people that said they knew someone that was. Yeah. That's uh, you know, that's interesting. I don't, I don't, I hope I'm not pulling off subject to just wax on that for just a sec no. of that. I see, you know, that's like why all of this, uh, this gay agenda shit is, is so confusing for me personally of that, uh, there was a time in my life when I, uh, you could say, like allied with, uh, yeah. with queer folk, mm-hmm. because I saw them as being a a minority, mm-hmm. and b um, suppressed, like outsiders or oppressed, yeah, I mean. oppressed, yeah. Um, like it, um, it just seemed to me like they weren't winning. Therefore, they were the people who were going to have like, I want to say like freer minds. You know, like they're, they're the people who are going to, they're, they're willing to stand up against the grain and say, I'm something that's different. And, um, I still think that that would be the case if we had a real read on, on how many gays there are. Uh, we don't though, because I don't think anyone's being honest these days, you know, like people are, 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 you know, maybe even having gay sex. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily actually gay. They're just like they're succumbing to the pleasures of the flesh, like to, to whatever degree in, in or different exploring ways. and experimenting things. But also but doing that while being like told that this is a, a likelihood mm-hmm. that you're probably gay. There's a likelihood. So and- you need to fully explore this. Otherwise, you're going to be one of those people that didn't realize they were gay until they're married with four kids. And you know what? I actually used to say like straight up, like I'd be like, I don't know if I'm gay. Cause I've never done anything gay. Like mm-hmm. maybe if I did something gay, I'd be like, Oh shit. I never noticed. Yeah. I feel like now. <laughs> that's a hilarious uh. statement, <laughs> but I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like you would, you would know. Yeah. Like I, I always kind of, kind of knew that, but I was kind of like, um, being, being a little facetious in saying yeah. that, but being like, like, I don't know. And then maybe I would take it like really far sometimes if I was really getting a laugh out of someone with it and say like, yeah, I also might be a necrophiliac, <laughs> but I've never <laughs> fucked a dead body. So I just don't know. God, or bestiality or whatever <laughs> else. You know what gross. I mean? Like uh, just the fact that you would have used those two things near each other is like, oh, offense. you're canceled now. Dude, like, you know what? Oh my God. I had a sticker mm-hmm. on my first truck. Oh God. That little Nissan. I know. Have I ever told you the sticker? You have, but I can't remember it. I put, I, it was a homemade sticker. <laughs> Dude. Oh my God. People would shit themselves if they saw it today. It's a homemade sticker on the back of my red, white and blue painted Nissan pickup. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, Gay sex is violent and scary. <laughs> and I put it there with this intention of like conversation starting. <laughs> conversation starting. Where people be like, what the fuck, dude? That's like offensive, right? And I'd be like, why? And they'd be like, 
Because I don't know, you know, people like maybe it's not a choice. I think that was maybe like the lingo of the time. It's not a choice, dude. I'm like, yeah, no, it's not a choice. Like, why? Do, I like horror movies and stuff. Like, violent like, and scary is like not. Like, it's like, a positive like, thing. Like, I'm to not. You. Yeah, like I'm. I'm like saying like I'm pro gay sex with this. Oh. You know, because that just goes with my my way of doing shit my whole life, where I'm always trying to make people think. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I I'd, I'd throw it out one way to like make people think that they have everything pegged, and then you know flip it around on them. Yeah, none of that fucking works well, anymore. And you know, you always met a person where they were so obsessed with people not being fags that you wondered if there was something going on yeah, there that they right. were repressing. Yeah. And that was like a that was like a literal thing. That was that happens sometimes. I loved exposing homophobia back at this time. Yeah. I loved being able to tell like people would think I was homophobic or not. I didn't give a shit. Or or gay or not. Like I really, really, really didn't care. But I loved being able to see it in other people because I'd always think like, like anybody would, who really talks to me would know that like, I'm not homophobic. Yes. Right. But, um, but I would be able to do things like that and it would get reactions out of some people. Like some people would be like, Whoa, yeah, that's fucking badass dude. Right. And I'd be like, Oh shit, they're homophobic. And then I would like pay attention to a couple more things. And I'd be like, that person is gay. Yeah. That person is fucked up in the head and they're all screwed up about this and that's why that sticker got such a reaction out of them other people like i don't know everyone you know it was like these little social experiments with that and like a million other things mm -hmm. i did in my life back then so so back to this p flag meeting yeah. no problem um that uh was just weird because it was a bunch of people and i don't really remember what the content of the work the class was or whatever it was it was more like a like a meeting where you could probably like share your feelings or whatever, which I didn't want to share my feelings with a bunch of strangers. And I didn't know why I was there. It was very, very confusing. So, um, there was that experience. And then another experience where this girl that was a dyke and like through and through, like, I'm sure, uh, she took me to some other meeting that was for queer youth. And, uh, they asked us all a question and we went through this around this, like round, you know, what is your greatest fear? And people are like, my greatest fear is that they'll find out that I'm gay and everyone will make fun of me and things like that, you know? And they said to me, what is your greatest fear? And I said, my greatest fear is people knowing what my greatest fear is. So I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm afraid of so that you can use it against me. I don't know any of you people, Jesus Christ. So I didn't, needless to say, I didn't fit in in these scenarios. But this culture was here in this town at that time. You know, we also had the gay bar rumors and we had the, the, the well-known um, drag queen around town. Yeah. Uh, uh, Betty Desire. <laughs> right. And if I, so like I mentioned that the town over had a. Yeah. Had Ferndale a, had a gay, a queer bookstore coffee Ma shop. Matt, Matt's place. And Matt's place. Which was that piece, Betty person's desire. Yeah, yeah. Like that was the, the male version of that. Person and I, I didn't read it, but I just noticed that uh, Betty Desire is on the cover of the the Cascade Daily this week. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he and um, he has been a big name in town for a long time. He worked at the gas station by where I um, lived for a long time in my early twenties when I. Well, when I was like 19, when I looked the most like a dude mm -hmm. and I remember going in there and he was like, oh, hello. <laughs> he was flirting with me thinking that I was um, a handsome young man. So I have a lot of fun history of like playing with m gender and how people perceive me and, and you know, ex exploring these different groups of people and stuff and not sex, like not just walking around fucking things, mm -hmm. but just like, you know, like looking into it. And, and I have to say, there's nothing wrong with people doing whatever they want to. Like I wore 
dirty Carhartts and cut off shirts and I didn't shave my armpits and I had a mohawk because that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to look like that. And at that time, that's how I felt comfortable. And when people thought I was um, a guy, I usually wouldn't correct him because I kind of liked it. But I never told everybody, hey, you need to call me a guy now. And I never said, okay, now I'm a girl again. You know what I mean? I just did what I wanted to do. I let people see me and think what they wanted to think because you don't have control over that. Hello. Mm -hmm. So all these people saying like, you need to call me these pronouns or I'm going to have my feelings hurt are trying to control what other people think of them and how they act. And that's ridiculous. The whole idea is just to be who you are, experiment, try different things. I sometimes imagine what it would have been like if I was, you know, 20 years younger and I was growing up do the way I just described except in today's climate, would I have already started hormones like five years, you know, five years before? And, and I'm with a mom who's a Democrat, <laughs> you would, know, would, and cave to anything I, I yelled at her about, you know, mm-hmm. would well, I have, would I have been on testosterone and have a full beard by now? Yeah. Right. That's uh, this is going on all over the place. Even, um, uh, gosh, it's a while ago. Uh, my nephews who are what? 20 now. Yeah. 20. When they were like, uh, you know, two, I remember their super duper liberal aunt uh-huh. you know, who had gone to fa- work for Fairhaven College. For worked her. for Fairhaven <laughs> College and was at the first Earth Day. Oh yeah, she, that's the first thing she ever said to me. <laughs> I was like, she hi. Ever spoke to you. She she like literally didn't even say hi to me, and she was like, I was at the first Earth Day. <laughs> it was it was Earth Day that day. Somebody had mentioned it was Earth Day, like in the background, and I was looking at her to say hello, and I expected a hello back, but instead she just looked at me and said, I was, I at, was the at the first, first Earth, Earth Day. day. And I, I was like, Wow, you're really fucking old. And if I I'd heard that. I don't remember the situation too specific. It's now a story, yeah, not, not yeah. a real memory. But like, was I like, oh, so you were concerned about global cooling, right? <laughs> because yeah, it was it was, was not a fun day. To sum this up, that was not a fun day meeting meeting your. Family. Oh, but uh, sorry, we got <laughs> off subject with the Earth Day thing. Um, she said to my nephews when they were like two, she would she would say, "Do you like boys or do you like girls?" She would be asking them that because she was because she really, really, really wanted uh, gay nephews. Right. She really wanted gay people in her life because she she wanted to be able to say that she had a gay nephew. Yeah. Like just it, like, just like it's just like another notch in your your virtue signaling belt. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it was um it, like to me that that shit was so disturbing because I knew exactly why she was asking the question, but. Holy shit! Why are you asking a two-year-old that? I, I remember saying to her, like, um, "Don't you think it's like a no-brainer that they're gonna say boys because they've separated themselves from their the, in genders and and they like boys better than girls because they're non-sexual beings." Yeah, because they want to be think with put, their put type. It that way, yeah, but Jesus, don't like, do that. I was uh, whatever age, you know, like before I was into girls, I would have said I like boys. Yeah, because I like that's, boys. I like to hang out with other I boys. Don't like girls. Because I'm hanging out with boys and I want to be dirty and fucking ape-like or whatever. And you know, like, I would have said the same thing. Yeah, but that's because I was house. a really weird tomboy. No, I would have said I wanted to hang out with boys too. I want to play guns, not play house. Right. And um, girls, you know, prefer house. You know, so, And of course, there's always a few. I, there's the a weirdo. And, and that I, doesn't mean that you're freaking gay or lesbian no. or whatever. I played house too, but they always made me be the dad if there was no boys around. (laughs) (laughs) It was just because I was big and I was loud and I was, I've always been opinionated and not been 
you know, scared of getting dirty. And my dad always took me to do cool stuff when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So I was into fishing and hunting and race cars and all the other stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's so many people that I knew that I grew up with out in the county that are like moms now and have families. And they were like tough girls or rode dirt bikes and like did tons of cool stuff. And they just have really lucky husbands because their wives like to do cool shit with them. Yeah. And you know, I've seen it many times, um, like not too up close and personal. Like I don't know anyone personally, but I've seen it like on other, other dads at sporting events and stuff who they seem super femmy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm actually not thinking of anyone with our kids, but, Mm -hmm. uh, from the same nephews I was just talking about. So, you know, like, uh, uh, 15 years ago or whatever, um, before everyone was talking about gender and all this kind of shit. And I'd be like, man, that guy seems so freaking gay. But then like, getting to know him over a season. It's like, this guy's like one of the best dads. He, um, you know, he works and his wife works and they seem to love each other. I doubt that this guy is cheating on his wife. Like I I just wouldn't see that in this, like, you know, really well oiled, like family really, you know, he has like four kids and they're like always shuffling their kids around. Some people have more, but he's got, he had just like have a way of talking, you know, (laughs) and he was way into cooking. So he was always talking about like basting chicken and, you know, doing this (laughs) and doing that. And like the first time I heard him talking, I was just like, Oh dude, I can't believe that guy has a kid. Like what it, how, what did he nail to get a to get a baby out of something? Because that it ain't happening the way that guy does things. Because see, that's the problem with society telling us that things have to be a certain way. And it's funny as people try to say you can't put a label on gender and all of this, they're putting more labels out than ever before. Yeah. And they're telling you to pick one. And that's what I'm trying to say is that you can experiment with your style and your sexuality and your, your preferences and your way of acting and all and your taste in music and everything and not have to like pick something when you're, when you're 15 mm-hmm. yeah, and right. not having to start a medical treatment to alter yourself when you're 15, mm-hmm. you'll probably wait to get tattoos until you're a little later. Cause otherwise yeah. you're going to tattoo a cartoon on your ankle that everyone knows about now. Yeah. Like, and you'll be putting pictures of it on the internet, you know, <laughs> when you're 40, <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> And people like be like, that's cool, dude. That's cool. It's super you, cool. You you did that when you were that young. You're well, you must have been cool. Well, my homemade poke and stick tattoo is a dead Kennedy's symbol. And as you know, in 2020, Jello Biafra made me pretty embarrassed to have that <laughs> tattoo on my my side here. Uh, okay. Jello sucks. Yes, he sucks. So um let's get back a little bit. There's been a lot of uncomfortable personal talk. <laughs> we can get I want to read something else from this website. Yeah. Um, So they talk about um, why, why do you describe your sex shop as not creepy? And they say traditional sex shops, the windowless stores we've all seen can feel unsafe, intimidating and scary, especially for women. That's why we do things a little differently. We have big open windows, lots of plants and stuff that are all, and staff that is always ready to listen and help. When we first opened, our customers told us how they appreciated that we, they could have a place that felt warm, welcoming, inclusive, and not creepy. We heard it enough times that we added it to our description. Okay. So they're not creepy because they're not hiding the fact that they're a sex shop. Mm-hmm. And they're also saying they're not creepy because the sex shop is geared toward women instead of men. And, and that feels a little offensive. Well, you know what? There's something to what it's saying, though, in yeah. a way, as I hear that, like, big open, when, but not being hidden, 
make something not creepy. Okay, yeah. Like, that's basically my argument that I don't like to ever make, but I might as well throw it in here, that uh, I'm, I'm uh, for legalizing prostitution. Sure. Like, I'm not pro-prostitution. I'm not going to go into my nuanced differences between those, but um, I, when things are done in an illegal, shady, quiet manner... That's when someone can kill the prostitute, right? Yes, because right. she can't turn to anyone, right? Right, like it's it's being so private, so hidden that it becomes uh, creepy, scary. Yes, you know, like straight up uh, dangerous, right? It's the same thing with drugs too. I'm not pro legalizing drugs in certain ways or for certain reasons, rather. But I am for simply pull it out into the open and make it safe. Yes. Because if someone's being robbed for their heroin and they can turn and tell people that that's what's happening and that won't land them a guaranteed sentence in jail, they're more likely to feel safe. So that makes sense. Big open windows makes sense. But at the same time, how does it make the... The, the creepy factor feel on the other side of those windows when they can look in there. And I'm not saying this is the way this place is. We haven't gotten there yet. But just in general, if it's the porn store that I w- frequented when I was 18, um, big open windows would in turn make everything else unsafe and creepy. Yes. Yeah, so um, this place does say that they do not carry pornography. Okay. They um, carry sex toys and lingerie and other products like lube and stuff like that. But they don't carry porn. So they um, they the the next thing in the FAQ section is um, how old do I have to be to shop at Wink Wink? And it says there is no law or store policy that sets an age limit for our customers. All people are allowed to go in the shop. ID is required for any items that must be legally sold to people 18 and over. However, we don't actually sell any pornography or any other items that are age restricted. In fact, you may not realize this, but sex toys are widely available at many stores, including most big box stores and drug stores. Lots of people are raised in environments where sex is treated with shame, fear, silence, and dishonesty. Many young people feel like they can't ask questions about sex. Everyone eventually learns about sex from somewhere or someone. Unfortunately, what they get often is information that is inaccurate, unhealthy, and dangerous, putting them at risk. We believe that all people deserve to have a place where they can ask questions in a non-judgmental setting and get answers from sexuality educators that have their well-being in mind. And the next fact says, does that mean that young children shop at your store? It's probably pretty obvious, but being open to all ages doesn't mean that young children are shopping with us. In practice, all ages means older teens and seniors. Consider that just because Home Depot is all ages, five-year-olds aren't showing up in droves to buy chainsaws just because they can. Yeah, but there are five-year-olds there. Yeah, that's probably a good point. So what they're saying is that um, your 12-year-old could buy a vibrator from us without your consent. I don't know. That's fucking condescending. Um, Like, it's... uh, Okay, for one thing, the classes are for nine-year-olds, right? So you're saying teens teens or seniors is, like, misleading there. But, um, like, to say, like, oh, well, there aren't five-year-olds coming in here and shopping... um, yeah, five-year-olds don't drive to Home Depot and buy chainsaws, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean there's not five-year-olds in Home Depot. Um, like, to, 
I don't know. It's it, it's um, it's it's condescending to the to the person who's questioning whether or not like like I think that you should be rude to someone who's sending their five year old in to buy a chainsaw. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's the the odds of that kid being able to complete that transaction without people asking questions to that kid to find their parents. Yeah. Is like none. They're not going to let that kid walk away, drag a chainsaw out of that store. Right. Right. And so I don't know. It's just, it just seems like you're, I don't know. It's a, it's it a does, magician's it's, trick. It's, it's misleading it's and, it's and, it's, and it's making you feel stupid for having yeah. asked the question. So here's the, 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 the banner at the very top of the whole website says, did you see us on the news? Here's an update on uncringe Academy. So they've got a banner at the top to try to have like these, you know, questions answered to people who are coming here from the headlines. Right. Um, they're talking about the education workshops. They say there's nothing hands-on in this class. Parents are their first teachers. Lots of sex ed is based on shame and fear, but ours isn't. Young people are getting messages about sex all the time. And so these all are elaborated on. Um, Sex education looks different for different ages. And they talk about how they have two groups. And their event space is separate from their shop space. So it's their sex store sex shop and the um like conference room where these classes are held are separate and have separate entrances but they're next door to each other mm-hmm. i think that actually does make a difference cuz you're not walking your 9 year old through a room full of vibrators to go and have the sex ed talk yeah but they're telling you you can by telling you it's all ages i know i'm i know but i'm just saying that that does make a difference okay. now our people aren't going to this because our people are t- talking to our own kids. Right, right. And then the county people aren't going to this because they're not, they're letting the church tell them to be ashamed of the sexuality too. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for other liberals and stuff, maybe if you were a little uptight about that, you walking your kid through the vibrators. Well, you don't have to do that. And you can go to this really cool liberal. Yeah. yeah if you were class. somewhere in between everything, like where you're like, I don't want the public school teaching my kid about this stuff. Yeah. But this there's this place but i don't want them looking at dildos uh okay i'll take my nine-year-old in at least it's a separate entrance and um uh did it say within that parents are their first teachers yeah, does so that mean parents are with the kids well, through the classes let's elaborate that's, that that's, that's number two parents are their me. kids first teachers we hope these conversations are happening at home but we've also heard from lots of parents who aren't comfortable having these conversations or their kids just won't listen to them. We're responding to that request from our community to offer these types of classes. So it does not actually specify here if the, that's a really good question. Are parents supposed to be with the Because this all makes a difference. I, I got there just now and saying that scenario of someone bringing their kid, and then I was about to say, and drop them off. Well, shit, no, that person, fuck that person. You don't drop your kid off at something like this. You know? Yeah. So it doesn't actually say anywhere if parents would be are invited or not. So I think that that's it should be clear. It's either such a no brainer to them that they are allowed, like that, like of course, like we would never do this without parents being present, being there. Yeah. Um, which would be great, or it's that the opposite of that, and parents aren't allowed. Like parents aren't allowed to be in the room, and that's why they're not addressing it. When this is this is specifically um, what we were looking at, where it said that was was see us on the news, right? Yeah. Doesn't it seem like like if you're cons- if you saw us on Tucker and they basically said belly was full of pedophiles, like I said at the beginning, um, wouldn't you want to make sure that everyone knows that hey, this is all 
This is not creepy because we have big open windows and parents are there with their kids. This is, if you this have a problem with it, have a problem with learning. the parents, not with us because yeah. everything we're doing is legal and everything is like unquestionably um, wholesome. Because it does whatever. change it if the parents are, are all there. Yeah. If the parents are not allowed there. That's, that's really weird. really, really, really fucked up. Really creepy. Um, it just seems like they'd want to, you know, get ahead of that and say that right then, right there. So, um... This has led me to go, okay, well, this person is a member of our school board. Yes. And I'm like, okay, what is a school board? Like, I don't know. You always hear that. question. But I'm pretty sure, like, they vote on different things that are happening in the school district and stuff like that. Um, So I found a a website that, that introduces the school board members. And we've got... This person, she is uh, da 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 da. She's been in for a while. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology. Okay, the next one, he is da 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 da. He's got a bachelor's degree in psychology and political science, and he's worked in counseling psychology for a lot of years. Here's the next lady. She is uh, has kids in the public school system. She graduated. From community college. Okay, so not interesting in that one. The next one down is the lady who owns the store. That's what we've already been talking about. And she has her master's in public administration. Um, she, and But has worked for 15 years on behalf of families of, and children, including community educator, trauma counselor. So she's also been a counselor. And then the last lady here has a bachelor's degree in psychology, and she has worked in community outreach and development on behalf of children and families impacted by poverty and abuse. So every single person in here, except one has psychology background and have been counselors in some way. Yeah. That's really interesting. Is that normal for a school board? I don't have any idea. So all these people are trying to look at our kids and see what's like crazy wrong with them and what kind of medicine they should be on. Yeah. Like that's the way I hear this. I'm like, they're looking at it from a point of view of something that I'm having a, I'm. Well, uh, don't schools recommend kids take meds? Uh, sometimes that happened to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Like it definitely happened when I was a kid. And I guess I've just assumed without any evidence, without any, um, you know, uh, thing in my life to show me this, I've assumed that as drugs in children has, you know, prescribed drugs in children has, has become, you know, more and more norm Mm -hmm. that, uh, like is parent teacher conferences, you know, where the parents come in and meet the teacher. So is that, is that just a, the teachers get their chance to make their case of why their kids should be on what drugs. So what happened was for me is the teachers were not allowed to say that your kids should be on drugs, but they could say that you need to continue going to the school. They need, you needed to seek outside help. Okay. They like, basically they told you, you needed to go to a counselor or a psychiatrist. Okay. And like some of the teachers, if they were dicks would say, maybe there's medication that can help, mm-hmm. but they can't, they're not doctors. They're not allowed to make medical recommendations. Cause I remember like, there was not a whole lot of uh, Ritalin was the was the drug when I was yeah. in uh, like elementary school. And there were like two kids on Ritalin yeah. in my school, and everyone knew who they were. And it was like because the teacher like would freak out, you know, over these kids, and it would be like then the kid's not there for a little while, and then the teacher says they're coming back, they're on medication now, so we're gonna see how this goes, you know, and they like straight up. Tell fuck us you, that. fuck you for telling the whole class that you stupid bitch. Um, I, I just remember that in two cases, 
Um, and well, one case where it was someone in my class and then another kid that everyone knew was on, on drugs and we didn't even know what the drugs were, but I now assume that was the, uh, can't stop fiddling. So you take your riddling. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I just, I, I don't know where to go with that, but I think it's really interesting that all but one of the school board members have a background in psychology. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I was saying that too. Is 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 that just all this public school shit really is? We, well, when you think of it as a brainwashing camp, yes, yeah, that's right? all it is. And they're and they're just there to fucking like these people. Like they could do it like somewhat covertly. Like I don't mean to be like sound like some kind of conspiracy theorist or something, but like they could be working in conjunction with family doctors. Yes, you know to to like not even have to talk to them. Maybe there's a legality where they can't say this to the parents like you were kind of suggesting there, you know, but uh, they have the degrees and the credentials to be able to figure out whose doctor is who and, you know, they could put in their reports. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's probably illegal, but I, I don't know, something. It's also weird that like these school board members, like one of them has been on the board since 2007. It's like, it seems like it should be terms like, are you elected to the board? I believe you vote for these people. If I remember correctly, the current term serving is 2019 to 2023. So that means that they've been, uh, elected consecutive terms. Anyway, I'm not going to look more into, I don't know. Just looking at that one. It says that they began in Oh seven. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. They started in 07, but their current term serving is 2019 to 2023. So okay, you must okay, be okay. reelected after that la- yeah, last yeah, yeah, term in yeah. 2019 was the last time. So anyway, what I'm, I'm, I guess it's just weird to me that they are looking at this like from a point of view of you being sick in the head and needing me fixed. Yeah. You're looking at this at a point of view that kids are abused and and hurt, and then you're 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 doing something like your personal job, like her, the one who who owns this sex shop. Her, her little bio on the Bellingham Public Schools website says that she is a small business owner um, that's working with nonprofit organizations and government agencies on resource development, communication, and events. So she, as the sex shop owner, is working with nonprofit and government to develop events. So like, it sounds to me like she's like, is she working with public school system government to make their sex education program? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, it doesn't elaborate at all anymore. And all I'm saying is like, I never, when I was a kid, like sex ed was boring and uncomfortable and awkward. And it was mostly because you didn't know your teacher that well. And you're with a whole group of kids who are all making fun of each other. And it's all just about like, can I hold my own through this without getting singled out and made fun of? And you, you were putting inappropriate questions in the, in the box to, to make the oh, teacher yeah. ask. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you think of one of them from, from when I was from in when there? you were in sex ed? Yeah. I put in questions like how did AIDS get from a monkey to a human? <laughs> <laughs> I put in questions like, 
Uh, I remember there was one where I described masturbating, like from like a really retarded point of view. Like sometimes my pee pee gets hard, <laughs> and I I like hit it and do all these things, and eventually some goo comes out. Is it broken? You know, <laughs> stuff. It's just stupid shit like that. This was like you know when I was. And they're all like, little Chud, we're not going to answer any more of your <laughs> questions. You're the only one putting letters in this box. Yeah, I was, too. Well, yeah. me and one other kid that sat next to me. Like, we we were, you know, we made a lot of fun of everything. We were kind of like a Beavis and Butthead. So yeah. can, can you remember to that time, was there anything that you heard in that class that you didn't already know? No. And we would have been, if I remember right, we were like, in seventh grade, it would have been like we were like that was twelve. That was my eighth grade science class. Okay, that, uh, that that box was in, but I also had previously had one in fourth grade. Okay, there's like a younger one where they talk about puberty kind of stuff, and then like a little more into this puberty and sex when you get to the older one. The I fourth think. grade one was, hey, your body's gonna go through changes, hair it's and sweat normal. and zits and yeah. periods. And there was nothing about actual sex. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about sex organs, mm -hmm. and we saw the picture of the thing that all of us were like, so there's like a goat head inside of inside of the girl. That's what that's what this is all about. <laughs> That's, that's what, what you thought what, the uterus and ovaries looked yeah, like? <laughs> like everyone in the class was saying it looked like a goat head. Oh my god! Um, but um, uh, that was it was very non-sexual, but it was very you know. And then I like hit puberty right around that time. I was like an an, an early you know pubescent or whatever the right terminology would be, um, and uh, it was you know like. When I look back, it's like, it was the right timing. You know, some kids maybe didn't hit puberty for a few years, and that would have been early for them. But, um, and, you know, I had parents that talked to me, so I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised by this stuff. But, but if the idea behind this in public school is parents don't talk to their kids, so we talk to them for them, fourth grade was the right timing. I don't know how old you are in fourth grade. I just remember that it was fourth grade, and then later again in eighth grade, and that's when... You know, like I'd seen a little bit of pornography by that time and stuff. And I was, you know, Beavis and Butthead was all the fucking rage on TV. And... I think you're like 10 or 11 in fourth grade. Okay. Yeah, 10 and 11. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I had probably masturbated by the time that I took that class, but wouldn't have, like, told anyone. Yeah. You know, like, would have been, you know, like I'm, you know, whatever. Uh, but, um it was more sexual, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't, there was no pictures. You know? Yeah. There was like drawings from, from my perspective of that kid that was putting those stupid questions in there. Uh, it was, it was nothing new, nothing cool. Yeah. It was, it was not fun. But then if you think of the variety in that room there, like you said, there's kids that are going to reach, you know, their puberty at different times and levels and maturity. And there's also kids that are being, you know, have different information at home. So you could have a room full of kids where some of them who un are unfortunately being abused and mistreated. What does semen could have... taste like? That was one of the questions. <laughs> you asked the teacher what semen tastes like. <laughs> I didn't. It was in the question box. You're such a prick. <laughs> so I, what I'm trying to say is the whole classroom, it's just to bring 30 kids together. I don't know if you had that many kids. I went to a big school. I had like 30 kids in my class. To have that many kids together, you have a huge wide variety of, of the where they're going to be in their 
development yeah. to be if yeah. they're ready or not. Right, so right. so to give them this, it's just like any curriculum, to give this blanket information out to that yeah. room and you just spray it at them like a fire hose. They, <laughs> I am so not making jokes right now. Uh, just the choice of words. Right? <laughs> I and I looked at you too. I'm basically, I'm saying is like, this just maybe like, it's not the way to go. And I do remember those weird kids that had a note from school. They weren't, they weren't allowed to take sex and then they had to mm-hmm. leave that class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that even is weird because then you made fun of those kids. Like, what are you scared to learn about this? And the other kids would tell them what had just happened in the class, you know? Right, right. Like, um. Well, yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're, you're hitting on something that I hit on almost anytime we talk about education and kids and learning and stuff is it's not right to teach all kids like separating by age and, and like just trying to, trying to like, uh, I don't know what the words I'm looking for are, um, you know, uniformly teach everybody centralized yeah. teaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't work. And puberty, that fourth grade talk that I had happened to be about the right timing for me. Right. Yeah. I, if I, they would have waited two weeks, you would have had a full beard and been smoking cigarettes. But then, <laughs> but then, uh, a lot of kids in that class, that was uh, five years too early. Right. Right. So like if we weren't doing this, dividing people up by age and then everybody has to learn the same thing at the same age. Right. Like it would be more, more sensible to be like, oh, this kid's like starting to hit it. Like, yeah, we need to talk to him about puberty. But see, like we talk to each child when it's appropriate for them and other kids might not be hitting puberty and they need to be spoken to. But it's a completely different thing to tell one kid what's happening to them and another kid what's happening to his friend. Yeah. And I, I think that that's why the public school system is not the place for this information. Yeah. And, and the state is going to tell you, well, parents are go- aren't going to do it or they're not going to do it right. So we have to do it for them. That's where it's really. And that's where it really pisses me off because that's, that's horrible. So I guess if there's a point to all this conversation is to, Take that responsibility back. And no matter how awkward it is, you or your spouse or a trust, even if it has to be a trusted family member, has that conversation at with that kid at the appropriate time. And even better, not one conversation where it's a fire hose of information, but like answering questions as they come up and keeping that line of dialogue open so that the kid feels comfortable talking to you about it. Because it's really sad to me to think that you would like think that the public it's the public school's responsibility to teach your kids about their bodies. It's just the most basic thing. You know, you change their diapers, you teach them how to shower themselves, you help them understand how to brush their teeth properly, you you help them learn you learned how to get dressed, all of those things. You already have taught them about their body at that by that point. Mm-hmm. It's just them growing up into adulthood. It's you got to finish the job that you started, you know. Mm-hmm. And it is it's not gonna it's never it's probably not comfortable, and that's okay. Yeah. But you just do that, and you keep that open so that it's not shameful and scary because when it's shameful and scary, then the kids know that they should keep those things secret. And that's when it's really concerning that if something happened to them that they didn't feel comfortable about, that they wouldn't come and tell you. And that's fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. Like kids need help. They need to have someone help them and be there for them to always be able to talk to if something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. 
I don't know what Tucker Carlson has to say. I'm going to assume he's I saying he that they're, these are gr- they're grooming. These people oh, are yes. grooming our kids. And yeah. this is what you want your kids to be. They're going to tell you all about all the different genders. And it, from that perspective, I get what he's saying. I, I mean, that I get what I'm imagining that he's saying. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, I don't want to take my kids to some liberal bitch that's going to tell them all about the different genders and how to finger bang yourself. That's fucking retarded. Yeah. But it's almost equally retarded to think that the public school should be teaching my kids anything about that either. About anything, honestly. And really, if you don't already think that this same lady is the one that's in the school, you know, that's the transgender teacher that just graduated college that's teaching your kids sex ed now in the public schools. Yeah, the question popped up to me while we've been doing this. I, I wondered, um, I think we talked about on here, uh, maybe I did on, on, on Into the Apocalypse with Adam, uh, the, the the queer the youth queer parade oh yeah thing uh-huh. that, that happened in town and I you know quoted some some stuff that was written about it and um, you know I, I thought that that situation was was a little more fucked up than you know like maybe if you surface level glance at it you could be like oh isn't that nice they're really accepting um, but it was fucked up and did this lady have anything to do with that parade? Oh, I don't know. I probably did. She have anything to do with what did she? What did she have to do with Pride Month? She would. She, she had would something at least to have do with booths it. and stuff. And and I mean specifically, I don't care. Period. What she had to do with it? What did she have to do with it within the public schools? That's my real question. Because there was a com- public school component to that. Where they were advertising for it and stuff. younger and they were like this with big windows and stuff on the walls it was by the Jimi hendrix statue. they i don't remember there was on pike i think pike or pine they didn't they didn't have um like up the hill like on on capitol yeah. hill pike or pine yeah. they they didn't have uh porn anywhere visible out in the front anyway i remember i liked that peaches that rapper that mm-hmm. female rapper uh when she was brand new and she w- did a signing at that sex shop before her concert and i went there and i met her and i have a picture of me with peaches with like <laughs> strap on dildos behind my head <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's i looked cool. really creepy i looked like a dude and i had a mohawk so that's i'll find that to to show you you know other than the lyrics i, I didn't hate peaches She's like pretty kinda, rad. Kinda yeah. Kind of weird, like synthy stuff that was. Yeah, electro clash is what the the, what the, the term the was. was. Yeah. It was stuff that I could hear residents like influence. Yeah, it was weird, weird, weird beats and funny, um, very but very sexual. It wasn't lyrics. ever something I would ever ever put on in my life, but whatever, whatever it was that everybody was playing, and it was like. Yeah, I can I can hear you some yeah. I can hear some some merit to this. Yeah. So anyway, that was my fun story of toys in Babeland. But the, I, they might even still be there. I don't know. But that, this like these these ideas of sex shops that are geared toward women, fine, whatever they can exist. But don't don't let let's try not to conflate them with sex education for kids, because yeah. I don't think that encouraging your young person to buy vibrators or go online to watch porn is that sh- that doesn't necessarily need to be a part of a healthy way you form your sexuality at a very yeah, young age. Like really like, okay. So if I try to kind of white pill my way out of this episode, okay, it, it's that, um, I have no solutions because culturally I, it's out of control and it's beyond my, my, my grasp at this point in time. But what I pray for, what I hope for is that we as uh, a culture become more appropriate that we, um, that we dumb down, not dumb down, uh, lower, lower the amount of pornography 
that exists, that we just become better people, that we people find God and they find a good path and more people reject all of this bullshit, right? And then within that, I think that we should leave this up to families to teach our kids. And I understand someone saying, but Chud, there are fucked up families that are pedophile families. Do you want them teaching about sex to their kids? No, I do not. I don't even forget pedophile, but just like people with really bad relationships with kids. I think that that's, that's terrible and that they shouldn't be teaching their kids about sex. Right. I guess I, I don't know. It's, it's tough, but what I, what I, what I pray for here is a more moral society where I could just say what I really want to say, which is that everyone should teach their own children. You should teach your own kids, raise your own kids, keep an open dialogue with your own children. And just because we don't think that we should have parades every other day talking about what we do in our bedrooms doesn't mean you can't have good sex. And, and, and no one ever tells you like married sex is good sex. No one ever talks about that. But it's true. It is true. Super true. It's the best sex. Yeah. And so married sex that makes a baby is the best sex. Right. <laughs> and so like to think about, um, the fact that we're being told that abortions are really important. People are talking about sterilizing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, people are talking about um, birth control as like, it, it's like women think that, that you just do that when you start your period and then eventually you start having sex and good thing you're already on your birth control. Mm-hmm. Um, hormonal changes based on those things and irreversible damage that happens. Like the, those aren't just willy nilly take them and stop taking them whenever you want kind of drugs. They can cause long-term damage and they have side effects and it's not something that's talked to by doctors. So if we just made it, if we teach anything to our kids, if we have control, it's that find someone who you love and you trust because that's where you can have sex that's pleasurable and not scary. Yeah. Because when you feel like held and cared for and you're with someone that you trust, then you can be really comfortable. It doesn't have to be like a gross show where someone comes on your face at the end for your first time. Facial crumb shot. <laughs> Bringing back my sourdough references. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So I'm just meaning, it's like, it's so much more complicated. It's like, I feel like we've been left in my lifetime with either this Christian view of like, sex is bad and you should be ashamed and no one should ever talk about it to this sex is great and you can do it however you want. And here's how you do it. And here's the porn and here's fucking foot job stuff from your stepmom or whatever. Yeah. Because, because like what you're saying there, like find someone that you're genuinely comfortable with is what the real, real, real key is here. Because I think in the 80s, we experienced a whole lot of people getting married for for wrong reasons or whatever and being in miserable relationships. But due to to their, uh, you know, indoctrination of what Christianity was in that moment, you know, they were they were like stuck. And I think there was a whole lot of, um, you know, uh, gay bathhouse type stuff going mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. because men who were gay, like really gay, not not this being fed to them that they're gay, but yeah. you know, good, good dudes who happen to be gay getting married because they were supposed to get married and they were really happy to make their family so happy, you know, their parents and whatnot. And then they end up in this relationship and they have kids and they even love their kids, but it's years into it. And they're like, not, they've never been honest with anyone that they are gay. 
that's a whole lot of deceit in their life. And in fact, they're building an entire family and an entire life around deceit. And that's really bad. And I know you know someone in your personal life. Yeah, who that killed himself. had that happen, right? He was, he lived a lie and it was devastating to the family when they found Absolutely. out. And I also know someone whose father was a homosexual, but it hurt, the mom was okay with it. And so they just lived like a family, but always had one of dad's friends around. And that also feels kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's just these quiet things that aren't spoken about. It's just might not be the healthiest way to go about it. So, so that's why don't commit to anything when you, before you know you're ready just, and don't, it's a pendulum. So, sorry. I just, go ahead, it's, yeah. it's making me think like, okay, so the suppression, uh, was bad and, and it created bad family situations, families being developed out of deceit. Yes. Right? But now the pendulum's the other direction. And, and, and if I'm right, that I'm saying there are more people saying they're gay than really are. Well, they're living that life of deceit now. Right. Right? Yeah. And they're going to, but here's what's going to happen. Instead of having created a family around the deceit, they're going to reach an age. They're going to get to be 40. And they haven't started or a 60. Family. And it's not possible to start a family. Or they're going to. And they realize that they lived a life of lie having homosexual relationships when they should have had a fucking family and they're going to go, God damn it. Oh, right. Or even smaller than that, like there's, it's so complicated now that maybe you're female, you've had a female to male transition and you, but you, you like having boyfriends. So you're like a gay dude, right? Mm -hmm. It's very complicated. Follow me here. You're born a girl you've had a boy to change and you sleep with boys and then you find a partner, you're in love with them, and you are now 30, and you realize that you wish you could have kids. Uh-huh. But you've already done years of testosterone treatments, and you've Long had your tits past. removed. Yeah. Or even a lesbian relationship, but one of the partners wishes they could have a kids. I have friends that are lesbians. They've been married for like 10 years, and they have three kids. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're very much their kids. Mm-hmm. The one wife who wanted to have babies had the babies. They had some sperm from somewhere. I don't know. I didn't ask questions, but they're very much, they're both mom and mommy and they raise these kids. And that's not the worst thing in the world at all. By any means, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything too wrong with that. I think there's really nothing wrong with adoption there. Yeah. Um, you know, like if, if there's a, if there's a baby that, um, will not be living, that'll be an orphan for life and end up on Epstein's Island, but instead can go be with a nice gay or lesbian couple. I think that's great. Two parents that love each other, that love kids. It's all really complicated and there's so many variables, but the answer always is be honest and talk to your own children. And the the answer is, is, is just don't rush into anything and don't follow these fucking trends where they're trying to tell you to pick a side and do a thing. Just like in the 80s, don't follow the fucking trend where go to church and wear the right clothes and get married to somebody you just met and and listen to whatever he says. And he's, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, and the, the biggest fault of the 80s thing was the secrecy surrounding it, how you weren't allowed to talk about certain things and you weren't allowed to come forward. And it allowed for a lot of gross shit to go on, on under the, you know, the veil of that secrecy. And today, don't, don't just... Don't flaunt it. Don't fucking buy into this garbage that they're telling you. The media just wants to confuse us. And you're right. It is a pendulum swing. Think about that far right, you know, Christian shit all the way over to where we are now on the left. Yeah. And and somewhere the truth lies in there, in the middle, near the ground. Yeah. You know, like your feet on the fucking ground. The rest of this stuff is just crazy. Well, really, 
with what I was just saying, you know, it's really got me thinking now that it's like the only thing that really fucking matters to me is that it's all love. That it's loving yeah. relationships. Like, and commitment. Yeah, because and real commitment. what kids need more than anything is to hear their their parents, no matter what happens, always figure out how to make things work together and be there for them and yeah. be there for each other. A hundred percent, all the time, forever, over and over again, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And that if you can't do that, if you're, if you think it's a fashion statement to adopt a kid and you're a gay couple in a city and then like a later, a year later, (laughs) you're, you, you need a new boyfriend. Yeah. Um, that's fucking bullshit. So fuck you. But also same people, you know, rich people are doing that too. Hetero couples that this had same like shallowness in their relationships. So have real relationships with real people who gives a shit if it's a boy or a girl, just love each other and take care of each other. And if you're going to have kids, Make sure that you're making a commitment with each other to be able to raise those kids together and teach them yourself. Yeah. That's, that would be my, my only advice, but what do I know? I, I think it's pretty good advice though. Thanks. I think it's at least a white pill way to look at it. Yeah. This was um, a heavier topic than I wanted to. Like I thought it would kind of like funny or something, but then we just talked about sex for like an hour and 15 minutes and nobody wants to hear us do that probably. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry for our children that are sitting on our laps this whole time. <laughs> the eight-year-old's just like. Well, I duct taped his. <laughs> I was so gonna say, how the hell could they be quiet for that long? He, this is, he, there's he, no he way. Never have let someone talk for an hour. Oh, he would ever, ask questions and then ever. tell you all the things he thinks. Yeah. He's, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to to call it good. We'll call it. it. We'll, we will finish this off. And if you guys have anything to add, like we've kind of went around and around, I think by talking through this, I think I built more of my opinion on it because mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really had time to digest. Um, but I wonder if you have seen this in the news and kind of, if you've heard about wink, wink Bellingham in the news and you had anything to add, l- yeah. let us know. I I think it would be interesting to hear from someone who's opinionated about wink, wink. And not from here. Yeah. Like, yeah. it would be quite interesting. And I don't even know actually where the place is located. They're like on downtown. railroad or commercial. They're okay. Like so downtown. like right downtown. Yeah. I probably, like... I probably go past it every day and yep. ignore it because mm-hmm. it has a Black Lives Matter sign up. <laughs> yes. The virtue signaling Olympics is <laughs> still going strong downtown you, Bellingham. You pointed out there was a person of color on the website. Uh, yeah. There was I, also an amputee the, yep. and overweight. Yes. I wonder if they imported them. I don't think that's a local person. I doubt it. Yeah. But you know, they got them from the, from the fucking woke modeling agency. (laughs) They can scour the country looking for the best models. Oh my God. The most woke models. I can't believe I could, (laughs) I could have been a model by today's standards when I was that age. You could be a model by today's standards, period. I'm like model aprons for housewives. I was going to say, if you fucking modeled aprons. (laughs) <laughs> be pretty hot. I can model cat eye glasses and aprons. Mm-hmm. Oh man. But no, really. Um, thanks for listening guys. I promise we won't do two, um, creepy sex episodes in a row. <laughs> so we'll talk about, mer- we'll talk about slaughtering chickens or something. You never know what time. comes up between now and then. So, <laughs> well, we shall see. We will we see. see. We'll see. All right. All right. Peace thanks, out. Thanks everybody.